welcome to Badass, Badass, the podcast. Highlighting body positivity, particularly for plus size women of color. Oh, it's no shame to the penny. Just a space for self love, self care, self motivation, and all the other self building up shit you can think of. Let's have some fun. Hey everybody, welcome to Badass Fat Ass the podcast. I am your host, Belle Janelle, and as always, I'm happy to be here with you guys today. Um, I have such a great show lined up. Um, It's going to be a very lengthy, probably the longest episode that we've done, but super important, vital information. So I hope that you can listen to the entire thing and you really enjoy it. Um, and it allows you to have reflection, um, with everything that is going on. And, you know, I kind of have gotten back into recording new episodes and I've had different topics lined up I just didn't think that it would be fair to put out new content that was not relevant to our current times. So I have paused um, putting out the things that I planned because we're in the middle of 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 an uprising of 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 unrest, as the news have been putting it. Um, but we're in the middle of a, a of a revolution where black people are tired. We are tired of being tired. We are fed up and we are responding um, in the wake of George Floyd's death by the Minneapolis Police Department. We are responding and we are responding not just to George Floyd's murder, but to the murder of Philando Castile and Breonna Taylor and Atiana Jefferson, Botham Jean, Trayvon Martin, Eric Gardner, Alton Sterling, so many others. I can't even name them all and we are tired and we are responding. And so I, I didn't want to put out just any old thing. It just didn't seem right to do. But um, I did want to talk about what is going on. So I had a conversation with uh, one of my most favorite and most cherished people in the world. Um, my cousin, who I... Um, fondly call her my sister cousin. Um, she is always educating me. Um, we talk daily and, you know, she challenges a lot of my thought processes in the most loving way, but she challenges me to think different or to check my privilege or to be mindful of the things that I'm saying and how, what I'm saying, how that kind of speaks down or speaks negatively to my other brothers and sisters in the black community. So 
um, sister cousin and I had a conversation and I, I want to share that conversation with you guys. Hi, sister cousin. How you doing, girl? I'm okay. I'm managing. I'm present. Yes. That's what I've been telling people. Like, oh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm managing. Managing is a really good word. It's like... It's a lot of shit going on, so I can't necessarily give you a legit feeling. I'm just managing whatever today looks like. Right, right. And so, I don't want to say good because good's a mm-hmm. lie. Right. Good is almost like a surprise. It's like, wow, please tell me how you are doing good through all of this shit. Right. Can I tell you a story? Yes. Okay. So, you know, Zoom is life right now if you're mm-hmm. a remote worker. Um, and so we hop on, I hop on Zoom today with two of my white colleagues. One says, how y'all doing? The other one says, great. And I, I just, I was shocked and stunned because she also looked great. And so it's like she looked as good as she sounded. And I was just like, Wow. Wow, in a time like this, so that was strike. That was like very telling, and I had to tell somebody about that. You know, I think that is a, a really good um, lead into our discussion tonight. That white people, some of them, are completely—I'm not going to say oblivious, but just unfazed by what's happening. That people can say, how are you guys doing? And one, and somebody can say, great, like, because what is going on really does not directly impact them. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, And I think for me, working in spaces with a lot of white people is where I often realize, like, yeah, like the the gravity is lost. It's like they can have a moment of despair to be like, oh, I feel bad about what's happening, but it's not like affecting them to their core. Um, even mm-hmm. when COVID started, I just was like, yeah, like the people I work with, like who are white women, like y'all actually don't understand my level of concern because – it's not affecting your family. It's not affecting your money. It's not like so many things were affecting my family as a black woman from mm-hmm. the shy. I'm just playing Chicago. That really that's like from the shy, right? Because listen, because that's the baby thing. But anyway, so it's like <laughs> made me realize even more like the disproportion like effects of things on black people. Mm-hmm. because of all these other things, like because of systemic racism, to the point where, like, white people cannot actually even fathom in their mind the gravity of, like, what is going on in our current state because it's not adversely affecting them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is part of the problem, right? Like, 
part of the larger problem is that white people really are walking around and completely not impacted by any of this shit, be it COVID or the uprising um, that the news has been calling it, um, of the things that are going on with, you know, racial injustice. So I wanted us to have a conversation about it because I think there are so many different layers and so many different um, pieces that fit, um, especially when it comes to being black in America. And I think mm-hmm. that that is that does not have a um, one-size-fits-all look. There right. are so many different, you know, um, looks to what it means to be black. And I just feel yeah. like what better person to have that conversation with than you? Like we talk all the time about all this stuff, and yeah. I wanted to use this platform that I have to kind of, you know, talk about what this all looks like. Everybody knows what's been going on for the past, what, two weeks at this point. Um, George Floyd was murdered by um, police officers in Minneapolis, Minnesota on Memorial Day. And since then we've had protests, riots, and just a complete, uprising or unrest, mm-hmm. like the news says, um, of, of black folks just tired in this country. And mm-hmm. I think George Floyd was the camel that, the straw that broke the camel's back, but people Indeed. have been tired for a long ass time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say this, this uh, moment with his death really did, even for myself, like, on the inside, I was like, can we cuss on here? Bitch, I have had it. Like, I, sorry, Saints, if you listen, I have had it. Because um, I thought back to a few, just a few years ago when I was seeing people protesting, and I'm like, ooh, y'all ain't protesting, like, safely. Like, cover your arms, cover your face, like, all these different things because the people come after you. Like, but that came for me, like, being a part of organized protests mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. in New Orleans to go down to Baton Rouge. And, like, I just had all those feelings all over again, and I was like, we have had it. So when you said that was his... The straw that broke his camel. The straw that broke the camel's back. I feel like that is absolute accuracy because, like, internally, I felt that, and now, like, you know, weeks have passed. Is it? It feels like the days, but moments have passed. Some time has passed, and we are now seeing people are fed the fuck up, and and black people have every right to be, um, because this has been happening to us since we got on this motherfucking land. So, um, yeah, there's a whole history that that rests on moments like this, even with people protesting um, and rioting. Civil unrest is not a new thing. I think um, civil unrest in this way, with social media, with our gen narration, what are they, Z, X? Yeah, Z. 
Okay. They not playing with nobody, and I love to see okay. it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they are like, so fearless. Very, very. Um, And I saw, I read something on Twitter recently that someone tweeted this, like, I don't know who it is, so I can't credit them, but I don't want to say it's my own thought. Like, like the worst thing is for us to have upset, right, for America to have upset Generation Z, who doesn't actually feel like they have things to live for, right? Like, we have, black people were taught about the American dream, um, and that we would have access to that. (laughs) We recognize that was a scam. Listen, student loans and going to college is a scam. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids are like, listen, all this is a joke. Um, we are about that action. We're going to do things um, a little different, very radical. Like, even down to their music, I've been taking time to, like, listen to younger folks' music um, and really <laughs> recognize that, like, they – I know, right? Well, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Trippy Red and Juice World and the drill music, I've been like spending time listening to that as mm-hmm. a way to connect with them to realize like y'all have they have seen they have just seen through our grandparents, our parents, now us, uh, they brothers and sisters. Like a lot of this is has not never worked out for us. And they just, like, they don't have – they have nothing to lose. And I think um, it's why they bring that sense of, like, fearlessness to stuff like this. Wow, yeah, I never thought about that. And that's that's very true. Um, They have watched all of us. And, you know, even millennials, you know, in our early, mid, late 30s, how we're still, like, still ain't made it. I mean, some of us, Mm -hmm. sure. But, like, we're still out here on the grind, whatever the fuck that is, and struggling and really trying to live up to what we thought our parents had. And now we're at a place where we see our parents did not have any damn thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And and so, yeah, I think the kids are like, oh, this is a joke. So what, just, you know, fuck it and let me just do whatever it is that I want to do. And I, I love that about them, that they marching to be their mm-hmm. own drums. Mm-hmm. I feel like we were bamboozled. We were like, no, we, we have were, to do this. Yeah. I got to go to college, and we got we to gotta get these degrees, and we got to get this job, and we got to make this mm-hmm. amount of money because yep. that's what we thought it was supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And we thought that that was success. And so I think, like, statistically speaking, Millennials don't own homes. We have a buku debt, hella debt. We have so much student loan debt. Um, we we also our wage is not so like for the amount of money you actually spend to go to college, your return on your investment in certain like uh like career sectors, you're never gonna make enough money to pay that shit back. And it's, like, different things like that. So you could have someone who spends $100,000 on all their collective degrees, particularly, like, in education, the field I'm in. You're never mm-hmm. going to make that enough money to actually, like, pay all of that back. 
like a teacher's salary, even a principal's salary in most places only allows them to be able to, like, take care of themselves, barely. A lot of people have, like, additional jobs and things like that. So yeah, I think the young people are just like, listen, that doesn't look fun. <laughs> okay. I don't want to see that. Because it's not, it's not young people, if you're listening, it's not fun. And so I think with that, here we are, people have been in the streets rioting, protesting. I've gone to some protests um, in the Atlanta area, and it is lots of young people out there, and it's really blowing mm-hmm. my mind. And so much has been said about um, a lot of the stuff that we've seen, especially in, like, the major cities, like your L.A. and New York, Atlanta, Chicago, Philly, mm-hmm. um, especially as it relates to, like, looting and the rioting and just the the frustration and the, the anger and that response. So many people have said a lot about it, and we've talked about it, and, you know, quite frankly, um, I've said on my socials that I'm not, I'm not against looting, um, I'm not 100% against it. I'm not going to condemn it, but I'm not encouraging it, but I'm not going to condemn it either because, I mean, in a lot of these neighborhoods, none of that shit belongs to us. None of it. <laughs> so what are we really protecting? Mm-hmm. And so many people have had so much to say, and I'm just kind of like, I mean, people are mad, and we're talking about yeah. people who in the middle of a goddamn pandemic still don't have jobs, still have not received the unemployment checks that they promised were going to be $600 more. Um, Family members have died from this, you know, viral infection that just popped up. The government gave us $1,200 checks in March, and we ain't heard from their asses since. What do you expect people who are, who are already living in poverty, who have poor resources when it comes to their schools and lack of access to education and jobs in their communities, what do you expect for them to do? Mm-hmm. Be people? Yeah. Right. Because that's the key. Um, black people in poverty, in my personal experience, and, like, having studied it and now like looking at it from a different angle I don't know that I'm outside of it because listen if two checks miss (laughs) baby baby but (laughs) I'm moving in somebody else (laughs) but what what all of that speaks to is like that there's not a care for people's humanity, particularly, like, black people's humanity. Mm -hmm. Black people don't have basic, basic necessities to live healthy, um, to live well lives, like, where they can, like, take care of themselves. Um, And we know all of that is systemic and all of it is a result of how this nation was formed. Mm-hmm. And I think what we fail to realize, what, what people fail to realize, oftentimes myself having spent time to, like, learn and understand um, systemic oppression, what racism has, like, done to my people, is 
when we see people um, rioting and taking things, um, I always have or my argument is centered on like, no, like you said, none of it belongs to uh, to us. That's for one. But bitch, we are old quite a bit. Like we are old, <laughs> okay, a lot. Like yeah. Um, my mother used to say, "Black people, we built this place on our backs," and that is absolutely the truth. Like my grandfather was a sharecropper. Like he worked on a cotton field until he was fourteen years old, and I don't think mm. like. I'm not that far removed from, like, the notion of, like, slavery. It's like my great-great-grandma was a slave, and I don't think we really realize the impact that all of this stuff has had on us and what we are seeing, what we have always seen, what we are always going to experience until America does right by black people is um, the bubbling up of, like, those things that have always been in place to keep us 400 years back. We were never supposed to be free. We were never supposed to get voting rights. We were never supposed to be, you know. Yeah, they never intended for that. Allegedly having, right, allegedly we're supposed to have access to a free fair equitable education, but that's not happening either. Like, we're okay. never supposed to have those things. So what we see is like, no, like, I want to feel like when I saw people with the Gucci bags, which is not one way, but I was like, hey, I would, if I can't have a Gucci bag or a pair of gym shoes that look nice to make me feel more, like, of value, then that's what I'm going to do. We have always did that. Um, But it's a reason behind it. And I think, like, you said, like, I don't hold no judgment. Listen, I can't tell nobody how to deal with none of this shit. Um, And when you don't have much to look forward to, I could imagine just being like, fuck all this. Like, we are old quite a bit, so... Yeah, it 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 speaks to the folks in um, the black community who um, seem to forget where they come from, and I I've been like really challenging people, particularly on Facebook, um, to like check your privileges that you carry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some of us sitting around, we got good jobs with pensions. Mm-hmm and ain't missed a meal or a check. I've been working from home for 13 weeks and have not missed one check. You know, like, and and at one point I was like, I might get laid off, but I also feel like my job is secure, so I have nothing to worry about. Um, you know, and it's those people that are quick to condemn the folks that have nothing or, like you said, have nothing to look forward to. And I'm like, at the end of the day, regardless of your job, your degree, your car, your house, you still a nigga. Okay. <laughs> and that alone 
can put you in the same place as these folks that y'all want to condemn. Absolutely. So it's just it's not I don't I don't understand why we always are quick to be like, look at them, look at these fools, look at that, and it's like that's what they calling us. So if you understand why they doing that, then don't don't put down your brother and your sister because uh-huh. that's what they doing. That's how uh-huh. they see us. You got to uh-huh. see us better. Right. Yep. But part of that is just like, you know me. I'm going to always intellectualize things because it makes sense to me. And, like, yes. one thing that we know about people in various races is, like, what they what the term is, like, internalized racial oppression. So because we have always been oppressed people in in society, black people have been oppressed. And you can go anywhere and experience racism. That's crazy. Um, if you have dark skin. And yeah, that is that's why they're thing. protesting in other countries. Right. Like, that's the thing. Um, because of colonialism and all that. But one thing that, like, we we do, and the only way that you can get out of it is exactly what she says, like, checking your privilege. Like, our angst or ability to, like, look down on our other black people who we deem less than, which that standard is, like, really steeped in, like, Closeness to like, yeah, aspiring to whiteness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's where that comes from. And the only way, like the only way to like rid yourself of that, you have to do like undoing. And it's taken me years. I think like when I was um, in college, I've probably been like, yo, damn, like what you stealing for? But now, having enough knowledge and understanding, I'm like, you're old, Dad. Take it. Like, they owe you way yeah. more than a fucking Gucci bag. <laughs> like, for YSL, yeah. Hermes. Like, you're old way more than that. And this land mm-hmm. um, is stolen land. And we are a stole, like, we were stolen people taken from our stolen own people. space. Yeah. So, and, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was just going to add to that and say, our lives are worth more than those things, too. Absolutely. So it's like, y'all care about things or, like, these stores and all that kind of... I'm sorry. People's lives have much more value than these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Things can be replaced. But, mm-hmm. I mean, this country has played with black people's lives since we've been here. Um, yeah. And, and has not taken us serious, has treated us, you know, have treated us less than human. And so I, I dare not talk about what somebody else, what, what a choice that they feel like they have to make. Like, I don't yes. have to make that choice. But that is a choice that they feel like they have to make because, yeah. you know, like somebody in Chicago said, I just saw somebody stealing a mattress. And I'm like, you think, you think they're stealing a mattress just for the hell of it? I'm pretty right. sure they're sleeping on the floor or they got an air mattress at mm-hmm. home. Like, come on, think about the bigger mm-hmm. picture. And that's a choice that they have to make. We don't have to make those yeah. choices, some of us, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that was an excellent point. Yeah. People's lives are m- m- much more valuable than things. So we can't oh. get caught up on the shit. 
Okay. So, yeah, that, I mean, that bothered me for like a week after the protest when things got, because, you know, shit got, like, heated. I think it was Minneapolis that kind of kicked things off, and then they burned up the police station, and Mm -hmm. then things got crazy Mm -hmm. here in Atlanta. And then I think it was just kind of like a the other cities was like, oh, bet. That's what we own. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just needed, I just needed the button. Like, I just need to. Yes. Oh, that's what we own. That's the type of time. Great. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think there was, like, everywhere people were set up. So it just took one person to kick it off. Like, we are yep. not good right now. And it was just. Yeah, people, you know how much rage you have to have to do some of the things that people are doing? Like, you got to have enough rage, adrenaline, like, no fucks to do that. Um, I think it's just a depiction of how people are feeling. I feel mm-hmm. the same way, but I ain't got the aptitude to be out on the streets. Okay. Listen, but, but I, I will, but I will buy some shoes from a looter. Okay. Where <laughs> I can get the purse, okay? Because it's a Gucci bag in particular. I've been looking at for a long time, and when I make my next big career move, I'm gonna buy it. But if you got it, hmm, let me know. I ain't above that, bitch. I am not above a booster. Okay. <laughs> ain't never been, never have. <laughs> No, my mama always gave money to the booster. Honey, <laughs> you mean to tell me I can get soap, tissue, toothpaste, all this stuff? I only get twenty five, thirty dollars. Here you go. Here you go, baby. Okay. <laughs> Good now. Oh, um, you know. People, so many people have had so much to say, and all of these corporations now are sending their emails. It's like the beginning <laughs> of COVID all over again. Remember yes. when COVID kicked off and all the corporations were like, we're in this together. We stand mm-hmm. with you. And now they're doing the same damn thing. Um, you know, we, we support black people and all this kind of stuff. And all these celebrities who I'm like, please, Please, just save it. Save your speeches. I'm I'm so over it. But Billy Porter put out a video, um, I think, yesterday. And that's what I really wanted us to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I I shared my thoughts with you. um, And (laughs) I ain't going to share them on here. But you 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 challenged my thoughts though, and I do want us to kind of talk about that. How we we can't talk about the freedom for Black people without including all of us, mm-hmm. um, and all of us, including all of our different identities. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what do you mean by that? Um. So. Annie Lou Hamer, um, who is some someone that um, in 
in the beginning of my late 20s, early 30s, which I'm still in, um, even though I don't feel like it, she was someone that I found to be uh, just instrumental in how I thought about politics and how we actually approach certain things. Um, Mm -hmm. When I did work in community organizing, she was someone that I really looked to. And she says, um, and I'm paraphrasing, but, like, we are, nobody is free until everybody is free. I often say, ain't nobody free until we all free. But I took that from her, so I'm not going to say that was my own thing. (laughs) Um, But it is something that I have used to kind of center me in times where I am thinking about how black people should and shouldn't be or who's, who's qualified, who's not, who's able to, like, actually have access to this supposed freedom we're after. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I think about black liberation, which is what I believe we should have, is that it allows black people, no matter what um, other identity points you have, it welcomes all of those things into um, our ability to gain and continue to operate in liberation. So, like, from what I know about the video and a lot of things that Billy said, he was, like, pointing the finger back at black people. Mm-hmm. Which, and, and in the conversation, I was like, and that is what he should be doing because, he is also, we are also um, going to always be at a, a point where, uh, like, other parts of our identity are going to always be tied to our blackness. Yeah. Um, we black first. We black first. And so when we talk about um, the rights of our LGBT. LGBTQ um, community, we are also bringing that into all of it. It is not, it's in, I remember like one thing I said, like, it's always a good time for us to talk about other black issues because we have to, because if if you don't, like, when is it going to happen? Like, the, um, suffrage movement, right, white, white, white women were leading that. And black women was like, well, bitch, I'm also a woman. Let me get on this and mm-hmm. let us organize in this space. Um, when they started talking about um, same-sex marriages, um, black people got on top of that. Because white people, white people are always going to be um, – in, in this society and until things change, like, white people have been um, seen as more valuable and deserving of more. Um, and that's when people's humanity gets seen. And so black people have often 
jumped our asses right up on their agenda, but put black <laughs> or people of yeah. color. Um, so that our humanity in those spaces could be seen. So, listen, um, ain't nobody free till we all free. And I think it takes an understanding that, like, black people are not, you know, uh, one way. We're not a monolith. And we are complex individuals for a number of reasons, um, even down to our religion and our sexual orientation. All those things matter. Do you know how many, like, there's so many, like, civil rights leaders, uh, writers, entertainers of the 40s, 50s, 60s who also had to, like, hide their 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 sexuality. Uh, identity around the sexuality. Yeah. Like, I've been reading about Lorraine uh, Hansberry. The lady had a husband and children and had a, 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 a side lady on the side. Like, and we talking the 50s, 60s. In Chicago, right? It's supposed to be this liberal place. And I just think, like, we're now at a point where I think our our family in the LGBTQ community is still fighting for mm-hmm. their humanity. They're still fighting to be seen and accepted. Um, trans women are dying. Their life expectancy, expectancy is 35. Um, I That's one thing, I, and this is, a, like, where my, I have to check my privilege. Like, in reality, me as a... a uh, straight, cis black woman don't have to worry about the same things as my black sisters who are also trans women. Yeah. Like, I just walk around, you know, accepted as, you know, a, a woman, a black woman, and not have to fight for folks to see or accept or leave me the hell alone, like, those types of things. They're being attacked. Like, those types of things I just actually don't have to worry about. And I think, like, when we get into, we lean, and over the years, like, listen, I grew up in a Pentecostal, apostolic Pentecostal home, okay? (laughs) So, like, those types of things as it relates to Christianity and my religion, and I was taught to actually, like, hate right, like have a hate towards people based on their sexuality. That's crazy. Based on, like, your identity as male, female, or non-binary, like, or you don't associate with none of this shit. Like, all these constructs are in place, and I am now to, like, hate you, which then gives me a right to actually harm you or see you as less than the same way like slaves were seen as property, which gave white people and plantation owners the right to treat us subhuman, less than. Um, And I think when we think about the ways that we just have our generation and older generations need to come with us, but I feel like we need to leave them in the desert, they're not going to come, it's like, we, what we are talking about at the end of the day is people, people's humanity. Everybody has a right 
the basic right of being here on this earth accepted and right. unharmed. So, yeah. What do you think about, like, because I think so many people, even with those things in mind, are like, well, I mean, I don't have no problem with it. I just don't agree with the lifestyle. Like, what does that have to do with you? I think that's my thing. Yeah. I'm always going to, I always err on the side of, like, that's still a form of hate. Like, that's still, which is why it falls under uh, under homophobia. Because, like, for you to say you don't agree with the lifestyle, they don't have nothing to do with you. Do what you want to do. That's not your business. Right. Right. But don't, because when you do that right, it then that that's a deeper thing of like I'm not accepting of it all goes back to like your humanity, um, and someone's inability to see you as like accepting regardless of these like social constructs that we have in place. Like just like we we did that by nature, right? Human beings, that's what makes human beings different from like other species, is that like our ability to like use logic and think critically and make decisions using the information around us. That's how we got these constructs, and we get that. But then at the end of the day, when someone says something like, I just don't agree with the lifestyle, that so I envision that same person. Say you are put in a space where you may have to interact with somebody who, quote, unquote, lifestyle you don't agree with, Right, mm-hmm. you're gonna have an angst. Typically, what happens is people have an angst against them, or like get that particular person away from you. Like harmful things yep. may be thought, which then yep. can lead to harmful actions. Or you see that other people doing harmful things to that person, and you don't do anything about it because you're lacking a, a clear like picture of their humanity. Mind your business. Mm-hmm. Ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> it's the hate out the heart. That's really what it boils. Get them haters up off you. Get the haters. Get yeah, the haters out the heart. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with you. Um, you know, and we were also talking about like how, especially when it comes to, um, like trans or just um, the LGBTQ community how because we have this idea of heterosexuality being the norm, um, I think, you know, we tend to forget that not all people are Christian and not all people Mm -hmm. view that to be right, you know, man and woman, Mm -hmm. not all people view that. And I think, you know, that's where we have to, uh, again, check our privilege and because that comes from like our black people's tie to Christianity, or like the world's tie to Christianity is steeped in colonialism. Like it mm-hmm. is steeped in a history where if you wasn't Christian, you was gonna die. If you didn't worship our God, you out of here. Like whole countries. And groups of people have been destroyed because they was like, oh, y'all not worshiping the God of the King James Bible, which if you look up King James, one of the worst months on the earth, like, disgusting. But here we are, like, 
the headway that this man made was through genocide, right? I'm not throwing shade at Christianity because I think it taught me a lot of values, made me a very disciplined person. Like, I love God. We have understanding. I messed with him, but his people in that Bible don't know about that right now. And so, like, <laughs> what what all that is being steeped in is it's still a very violent history, and I don't have an answer, right? I don't have the answer of, like, a right or wrong. I actually have a belief around God that I think is, like, not unique because I think other people share it too, but, like, Christianity is a violent religion. It has mm-hmm. always been steeped in so much, like, Killing, death, yeah, in the Bible, and then mm-hmm. bitch, if you don't want to be Christian, taking all this, and that's literally what has happened, like over time. So even the privilege of being a Christian is really centered in a fear that was like, <laughs> like embedded in us. Like my family, my mom's side of family is from rural Louisiana, and just, like, knowing what I know about um, people in our family, thinking back to my grandma, some of the little stuff she said, I was like, I don't know about that, sis. Um, <laughs> very steeped in just, like, pieces of um, voodoo and Creole magic, like, those things, but, like, they that a lot of that was being stripped, and then he was asked to be a Christian. So like, now my family Christian as hell, and like Baptist, everybody Baptist, and I just think like all of that, even the privilege to be a part of the religion that is like most accepted, mm-hmm. is most accepted is because colonialism was like, listen, all y'all is gonna be about this Bible. Period, or you're dead. We take no shit. So, Hmm. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's something to consider when we even think about religion and how it's tied to thing other things like sexuality. Right, right. That is definitely something to consider. You know, I um have been also talking to friends from church about everything that's been going on and um you know they've been all at at first I think they kind of calmed down with the kumbaya Jesus loves us shit um but initially they were all very like oh you know we're all made in the image of God and Jesus loves us and blah 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 and I was just you know I told you I was like yo Jesus would not be for any of this shit though like please know that Jesus was not a white man in the crowd kissing babies mm-hmm. and hugging people. Right. Literally, nope. he was in the street protesting. <laughs> yeah. So um, and, leaders was like, bruh, my man is getting too much traction. He's talking yes. about a level of liberation that we not fucking with because if we're – 
if we're if they're gonna allow if we're gonna allow this nigga to keep on talking, like we're gonna lose our ability to influence these people. And the religious leaders was scammers. Like Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they that were scammers. That's why Jesus went in the temple and flipped the table over. And that was an account, right? That was one account. We, one account. And I think we have to think about the Bible is an account of stories. I'm no theologian. I just do really enjoy studying the religion I grew up in because, like, I'm old enough to, like, I've been having a really enjoyable experience these past couple of years of, like, piecing Christianity together for myself mm-hmm. and realizing, like, where it came from, all that, and, like, how we got to where we are. Those were accounts. So when you read the Bible, do like, we should never read the Bible um, in a literal way. You should be using all these different pieces to, like, study it. Because that one particular, what I forget what, where that is, but, like, that's one person's version of who Jesus was. So, like, I always take, uh, like, when the disciples, um, the New Testament, the beginning of the New Testament, those are, like, give you different pictures of who they do. Jesus yeah. was through that person's eyes. I think the Bible is also a really good book of stories. Like, and so I'm like, so that's who he was. Like, I think they just wrote that down at one time. Like, my man slipped the table and we went with it. But I think what, what that story gives us is, like, he was against everything that churches often, even to this day, like, have yeah. in it. Like, yeah, Jesus was about stripping down that structural. Um, mm-hmm. The, he said the, the last structural. Person, the first should be last. Yeah, that literally is what that means. <laughs> yeah, like what y'all think it is, it ain't, and what it is, it ain't either. Like all right. of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So it's it's so many different things. That's why I'm like. There are so many things going on right now, and I think so many conversations, and I think we have to, like you said, we ain't free until we all free, and we have to keep in mind everybody um, that makes up this community, the black community, even even our fat asses, <laughs> you know. Okay. Whew, we that means we always forget about, you know, people who are fat, and somehow they are left, you know, on the wayside, too. Um, I saw a meme yesterday going around. Well, not really a meme, just a picture of a woman, a fat woman, that had on a T-shirt that said, I can't breathe, and people were making fun of her. And I think she was, like, part of a protest or something like that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. (sighs) you know, it's like, I'm like Billy Porter. We cannot have this conversation um, and start excluding motherfuckers because they don't look right. like what the the standard is supposed to look like. There's no way that we can do that. So it's like we're we trying to clean up what they're doing, but we need to clean up in-house too. Mm-hmm. And that includes LGBTQ. That also includes, you know, folks who are fat who don't yep. have the normal body size or image or whatever. Um, because let me tell you something. As a fat lady, I commend anybody who is fat 
plus size, other body, whatever, who was out there marching, okay? I marched Ooh. one day. One day. And could that speak to the fact that I'm out of shape? Sure. But, bitch, I walked six miles, okay? Um, like, uh, my cousin was with me, and he <laughs> is a lot. And he was, hello? And he is, he was tired, too. And he had to do some stretches when we got home, too. So if you are fat and you are out in the street every day or partic- showing up in some kind of way, man, my habit is off to you because I can tell you right now, I won't be marching again. Now, I'm, I'm out there, but I ain't marching. <laughs> right. Because... That shit is hard. It was hard. It took a toll on my body. Um, but we are so quick to talk about fat people as if we just have less value because we fat mm-hmm. in the same way that we talk about uh, poor people, the same way we talk mm-hmm. about gay people, trans people. Mm-hmm. We, we talk about them as if they just have less value, and it's so fucked up. Yeah. It's always interesting um, when I think about like sadness tied to blackness, because that's very interesting um, just to look at, because um, values that folks hold right around a normal size or slim and all that. <clears throat> That's like Eurocentric, right? That's also something mm-hmm. that was imposed on us. All of these things have been imposed on us, and, like, we didn't have a choice in the matter. But what we can do is unlearn these things and, like, yeah. make a decision. Yeah. We can unlearn them. People don't want to do the work of unlearning things. I can tell you, I mean, just from my own personal experience of um, unlearning poor, like, behavioral habits that, you know, over the years I I was either taught or consciously just kind of had in me because of what was modeled or what was not modeled. Um, And having to unlearn those patterns and pick up new ones, it, it is hard work. I've been in therapy for four years. And I, I've been talking about the same shit with my therapist for four years, and, and I've had to recently give myself grace. Like, you're 31. A lot of this stuff that you are trying to combat, I, it, it's been years upon years of buildup. So it's not, it's not going to change in four years. It's not going to change tomorrow or next week. Right. All those things take time. Excuse me. Yeah. And I think for fat black people, excuse my voice going out. Take your time, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for flat, fat black people, (laughs) what is another thing that's tied to us is this like okay example niggas love you kind of but y'all tell me I don't know but like 
niggas really will like try to throw shade or like act like that or like have an issue with fat black women when mm-hmm. bitch I'm shaped like your mom like quit playing oh. with me. like <laughs> like my body okay. is just as much worthy as the love that you give to your thick angle granny like what is that we think about it in the context of, like, acceptance and preference, I always side-eye that theory because it, to me, um, still banks on, like, a lack of accepting somebody's humanity. Like, I have been fat my whole life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, like, <clears throat> I remember one of my friends um, had, like, spent, like, a couple of weeks with me, like, on vacation. And she, she was like, you don't eat a lot. And I was like, nah, I don't. Like, I, I eat when I'm hungry. Um, now I do, like, ice cream. But skinny bitches love ice cream, too. Like, it's not. Okay. It's not, like, <laughs> people have a weird association that, like, because people are fat that they just sitting in the house, like, and it's like what you want to do, eat that, like, do you, like, what does it matter to other people? I think, like, all that people, that people are also asking for is just, like, leave us alone, start there, mind your business, Mm -hmm. and, like, just accept me as a human being, like, worthy of, acceptance and care as anybody else, yes. like, that's all people are asking for. And, like, keep your comments and your jokes. Like, that's not funny because, listen, I almost went left. I don't want to mess up your podcast. But, like, it's stuff we can talk about with y'all, too. Like, okay? Like, yeah, y'all okay. Like, y'all roasting people. <laughs> okay. Like, we got jokes. But, and the thing is, like, I I don't know how to joke. I don't joke well. I don't do roasting well because I immediately start going below the belt. So it's just like, please don't play that game with me because I'm just going to start talking about how your mama a crackhead and stuff like that. And, like, you know, it's just, it's, it, I don't play fair. <laughs> so, yeah, keep the, joke, keep the joke to yourself. Yeah, but, like, I, I was thinking about when you said, like, people were – making fun of the lady in the shirt, like, she ain't asked for that. She wearing that same shirt that these other people are wearing. Like, mm-hmm. ooh. Um, it's fresh. It can be frustrating. Like, I have um, come into, like, a grand loving and acceptance of myself. Shout out to Monique, because I think over the years, she has always been my, like, even now, just somebody I look to to be like, you know what? As I am, it's just fine. And if you don't like it, move. Like, I think about her all the time. Like, she was somebody I looked up to when I was, like, a kid. Like, that's yeah, how we is. love Monique for real. <laughs> we do. She really, <laughs> um, for me, in television, and... I remember watching Queens of Comedy when I probably shouldn't have been. Like, I was a kid. And I'm like, this lady is so cute. Look at her outfit. Look at her hair. Like, (laughs) she's just pretty. And she was fat. And so 
But when I think about just like the the fact that I can only name like Monique, Queen Latifah, because I also wanted to be Khadija James back in the day. Like those are the only two people I felt like I could identify with as a child, and because the standard was otherwise. And it's yeah. just like, why do we should not have to be going through this? Like, leave me alone. I like, genetically, I'm going to be fat. That's just what it is. Yep. I don't know what to say. But I feel like I can accept it. Yeah, and I love myself. Um, but, oh, I brought up Monique because Monique, I remember this was like sometime like in – probably late 90s, early 2000s, where she said, like, she would, like, look at her body, like, naked, and just say, like, how she loved different parts. And I still do that to this day, and I'm 33. So I've just been on this journey over time of being, like, I am how I am is how I am. And now when I want to lose weight, I will and have and gain it back. Like, whatever. My knee's hurting right now. I need to be out here walking because I do <laughs> not want to have, like, full-on arthritis, you know, and I get that, so, like, work your joints. But it's just, like, we we have always had to, like, fight, again, fighting for our ability to <laughs> be accepted and be left yeah. to go alone. Yeah, just be. Yeah. You know, thinking about um, when you were thinking, when you were, like, naming off the people that, you know, you had to kind of look up to, it's funny because when I started this podcast, I was, well, I had been thinking about starting it, and I was like, eh, I don't know. You know, everybody else is doing this. There's so many other people, so many other podcasts. And I remember talking to one of my friends, and she was like, okay, and now you can be one too because mm-hmm. we need different options. We need different perspectives. I mean, how many different influencers are there for skinny women? And there needs to right. be just a, just as many options for fat women. And I'm by no means calling myself an influencer. I, I don't really get into those titles and things like that. But just to have the visibility available for um, fat women in the same way that quote-unquote normal-sized bodies have those different options. So, yeah, we've come a long way since having only Monique and Queen Latifah. We have a you, we have a me, and we have so many other girls that people can look up to um, Mm -hmm. as fat women. Um, And like I started wearing crop tops off of seeing somebody on Instagram do it. I'm like, ooh, ooh, right? Ooh, we getting into that bag now? Ooh, right? Sis, I had on a crop top yesterday. <laughs> Flaws yes. of Couture. That was one of the first people on Instagram that I was like, this lady is killing it. She's sad yeah. and she doesn't care. Yeah, follow her on Twitter. Yeah, she's great. Um. And that was in, you know, that was my late 20s. I just started, you know, being like, oh, 
this is okay to wear, right? Right. Uh, But it takes those types of people, right, um, just seeing it and being like, forget what y'all talking about, like, yeah, so. And I think to bring this to a close, that same level of, like, radicalism and the, the like what we're doing right now with what's happening, the revolution, if you will, I think is influencing other people. Um, just like how, you know, the different cities were like, oh, we, we tear shit up. Oh, we burn the shit down. Oh, bet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all it takes is one to be an example. And um, so many of us have followed the lead of people to speak out um, against the discrimination of black people and the discrimination of black people in all these different, um, I guess, arenas, you know, black folks that are LGBTQ, black folks that are fat, black folks that are Mm -hmm. poor. um, We have to speak up for all of us. We have to. Mm -hmm. And like you said. Our liberation mm -hmm. has been like, our black people's liberation over time has actually been because of black queer people, because of fat black people. Like, mm-hmm. I brought up uh, Fannie Lou Hamer. I love her so much because she was a fat, dark-skinned woman um, who was like, really shaking shit up and a lot of what we experience today when you think about leaders in these in in like movements have been black people, have been queer people, have been fed mm-hmm. people. Um mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about ableism. We didn't even talk about how fat phobia and our tide of fatness is also centered on ableist mentality. So it's just like, it's a lot of layers. And before we leave and close, I do want to say, like, I am in no way speaking on behalf of the LGBTQ community. Um, I want to make that clear because I think I don't want to err on the side of, uh, like, a white person trying to speak for black people, like, nah. I don't know what that experience is like. Right. Um, I just know. <laughs> I just know, like, what I've been trying to do, the unlearning that I've been doing and learning from yeah. other people um, to help inform my own politics. Yeah, absolutely. Same. I'm I'm not um, – I don't I don't have the uh, <laughs> the credit to speak on behalf of okay. the community either. Although I am not there – I don't – I'll go – on record and say that I don't think that I completely identify as a heterosexual woman. I think that I'm fluid. Um, And if my mother listens to this, she will be like, what the hell? But um, I I can't completely say that, you know, I'm a straight lady. Um, But, again, that still doesn't give me any level of, um, (laughs) you know, being able to talk for the LGBTQ community because I don't I didn't I don't know what that experience is like, um, because even as a woman, 
I think I still have a level of privilege where nobody's going to say anything about the fact that I'm with another woman. Nobody's going to be like, ew, or any of that in the same way that they do men or the same way that they do trans women. So, um, so yeah, I'm glad you said that because I don't want nobody to be like, oh, what are they talking about? That's not true. Yeah, I think when any, this is just like my my belief is like, um, no, we nobody. Anytime you feel like you can like speak on behalf of people, you done already like, you know, discredited yourself. I was mm-hmm. like, I think for me, it's important to just know that like I am in state that I'm like always learning. Um, and remaining open because I believe in black liberation. And so because I believe in black liberation, these are things I'm taking time to understand so that I can be a part of our liberation. I don't want to hinder not one black person. I don't care if you are, uh, you know, we don't have the same beliefs and values. We may not have um, the same mindsets around things. I don't want to ever hinder your ability to just come to any place in space as yourself and and feel safe. In, yeah. I think that's where I'm at with this. Yeah. Hey, man, I don't want to add anything oh, else to that. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with me. This was so cool and fun. It was. It was like we was on the phone talking, but with some structure. Right? Wow. Wow. What a great, a very insightful, very informative conversation. Um, And I hope that, I mean, there's so much to take away from that. Um, So I hope that, you know, there are some takeaways for you. Um, Again, moments of reflection. Um moments to challenge your thought processes and, and, and an opportunity to really check your privileges in the times that we're in. Um, I saw a tweet that said, this is not the time for community condemnation. Um, and I completely agree. It's not the time for us to speak down to one another to why are you doing? Why Why is this? Why that? Why that? Why do you look like? Why do you act like? Why are you? It's not the time for that. There, this is not the time for us to be divided. Um, this is a time for us to come together, for all of us to come together. This is a time for radical acceptance of all of us um, because we're not free until we're all free. Period. That includes every single person included in the black community, all of us. Um, so I, I'm not going to go on this long rant um, because that was so much. That was a spoonful. Um, and so I really hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I have enjoyed recording it and having that dialogue. Um, and again, I hope that it sticks with you. And I hope that you walk away um, learning, have learned something and um, want to come back for more. 
Um, there's always going to be more here. Um, again, I, I don't want to take away from uh, the time that we're in, but there's always going to be more um, of me talking about what it means to be a fat black woman um, in this society. So thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak freely about who I am, how I identify and what that looks like for me, my experience. Thank you for allowing me to have agency um, and for listening, always listening and always uplifting me, always being encouraging. I I really appreciate it. Um, So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And uh, we hope that you come back for more. Thank you so much for listening. Follow me on Instagram, B-A-double-D underscore fat ass. Bye.